When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about Axonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Why is the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed your answer to better health and wellness? It's proven quality sleep. Any more questions? Yes, I'm always freezing, and he overheats. It's temperature balancing, so you can sleep better together. But can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. So I'll have more energy for yoga. Yes, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Namaste. Namaste to you, too. And now save up to $1,000 on the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed and adjustable base, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. You're listening to The Sports Stove with host Vince Stover. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. SEC football is finally here, and we are previewing Kentucky at Auburn. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. Thank you for joining us today for The Sports Stove podcast as we preview... Number 23, Kentucky versus number 8, Auburn. The SEC schedule has finally arrived and Kentucky is traveling to Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn, Alabama for a noon kickoff this Saturday, September the 26th. And it will be on television on the SEC Network. And so today, what we are doing is previewing the game by talking to a someone who has maybe an Auburn bias talking to someone who may be a Kentucky biased, and then we'll round it all out with a neutral person who will give us some opinions on the game as well. So let's go to our first guest. All right, we are now joined on the RA Marketing Hotline by Jake Crane, creator and host of the J-Boy Show. He's giving us the Auburn perspective today. Jake, thank you for taking a couple minutes to be with us. Oh, no problem, man. really appreciate you having me on. 
Yes. So last year, Auburn goes 9-4. and four. Big wins over Oregon and Alabama. Tell us a little bit about this 2020 Auburn football team. Well, you know, you especially in the crazy year it's been, and, and really any year in general, but especially this year, you always look at what, you know, is returning from last year because experience is king. You look at Auburn, uh, they returned Bo Nix, uh, who, you know, many fields are the top t- uh, tier of the SEC and, and nation is or the quarterback-wise, and, and, you know, thinking he's going to take that step from a freshman to a sophomore. But, you know, uh, looking at the rest of the offense from a skill player position, at wide receiver, you know, you have Seth Williams, who's one of the most talented wide receivers in the country, especially with the opt-outs we've had uh, just in the SEC. You look at Eli Stove, who's a guy who's been productive his whole career. And, and uh, freshman, the kid named Xavier Caper, is a guy that everybody needs to keep their eye on. Uh, I think he's going to get a chance to play a lot. Uh, they're really excited about him. He's a, a bigger mold, outside guy, uh, and, and they have a few other guys. that are spot guys. Cam Newton's brothers came in and, and playing a little slot, and they're pretty excited about his ability as far as after the catch. But, you know, the biggest question, the two biggest questions for Auburn offensively, one is the offensive line. And, and you know, the offensive line had some, some decent names on it last year. Uh, Jack Driscoll, who's starting for the Eagles right now, Prince Haga was a guy that the scouts looked at. But, you know, as far as a production standpoint, Auburn wasn't very solid running the ball last year consistently, especially short yardage in big situations, whether that be goal line or third down. Uh, they returned their center, Nick Brahms, uh, which is obviously a big part, especially with communication, calling out protection, and, and being on the same page with Bo Nix, being there another year. But other than that, it's a lot of new faces. You have Brandon Council, an accurate transfer, a guy that's come in and, and done a really good job there, excited about a guard. Uh, Broderius Hams, the guy at tackle, they think maybe the most talented offensive lineman they have, a uh, guy that the NFL's you know already kind of clamoring about, and, and a few other guys that have been in the program. Austin Trotz was a guy they had a lot of uh, high hopes for. Had an injury, come back from that pretty well, and and it's kind of weird they have actually two guys, Tayshawn Manning and Broderius Ham, are both guys that came back from cancer diagnoses and uh, have overcome that, and and actually have a chance to start. I think Tayshawn's really pushing at guard. So, you know, you never know until you actually play. There's a ton of talent up front for Auburn, but from an experience standpoint, that's why I think the lack of fans is going to help Auburn from an offensive line standpoint, being able to communicate, especially those new guys in there, not having to worry about crowd noise, even though it's a home game. It's, it's almost always loud in one fashion or another. But the second biggest question was Chad, the hire of Chad Morris and how much of an effect uh, that's going to have on the Auburn offense. And, and it's something where, you know, you're hearing good things, you're hearing it's Chad's offense, but until I actually see it, I'm not going to believe it because we heard the same thing with Chip Lindsey. So, you know, defensively looking at it, you know, you lose Derek Brown, seventh overall pick. Uh, you lose Marla Davidson, the second-round pick to the Falcons. Uh, the, there's obviously going to be a production drop there, but it's not going to be due to lack of talent. I actually think Auburn has a better chance of being, excuse me, more effective in the pass rush from a defensive end position with Big Cat Bryant, a guy that's got a lot of experience that they're expecting a lot out of this year, especially from a pass rush standpoint. Derek Hall's the guy they signed, got a lot of playing time last year, so showed some flashes, is a quick guy, and, and they have some different packages uh, where they have guys like Owen Papo coming off the edge. So, you know, linebackers are solid, uh, about as solid as anybody can see with K.J. Britt, uh, they have some young guys they're really excited about. And then the secondary, Roger McCreary at one corner, they think has a chance to, to be a pretty high-round draft pick. They've been excited about him. Uh, he's pretty much locked down one spot, and it's been a dogfight for the other. There's been three or four guys at that other corner spot that have been, you know, battling it out. Uh, they're going to release the depth chart soon. So whoever, whoever won that position has earned it. I uh, heard from a little birdie. It's going to be a guy a lot of people didn't assume was going to win it. And, uh, you know, from a safety position, Auburn may have the best, one of the best duos in the back end with, uh, and especially the, the all-name team 
with Jamie and Sherwood and Smoke Monday. So, you know, it's a team that does return some things at, at, at some important spots. Offensively, those are the questions. But at Auburn with Kevin Steele, you got a good idea what you're going to get out of him defensively. Definitely. And you mentioned about Chad Morris coming in. Of course, he has a couple years at Arkansas as head coach. There's, there is a connection as far as uh, back in his high school coaching days with Malzahn. They seem to be good friends. So people seem to be hoping, well, hopefully then Malzahn will let him do his thing. Um, but uh, with that, I know running game is definitely a question. The offensive line plays into that some as well with having four new starters on the O-line. Do they have or have you heard who's going to be the main running back for this team or are they going to have a couple guys? Well, it's, it's a great question because I think Auburn is, is one of the most useful, and they do have a little bit of experience, but one of the most talented backfields. It's, it's going to be a running back by committee. I think Sean Shivers is going to get the start. Sean's, you know, short guy, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, unbelievably fast. Uh, I think was the fastest kid, one of the fastest kids in the state of Florida coming out uh, his senior year. He had that big run against Alabama when he just ran through Xavier McKinney like he wasn't there. And, uh, you know, a guy that's really earned his way now being the starter, does that mean you're going to get the most carries? No. They got a kid named Mark Anthony Richards they're really, really excited about. He's a redshirt freshman coming off an injury, and he looks full go. Uh, and, and a guy that's fighting for the job, Hank Bigsby as well, is another you know five-star freshman they have who's everything they thought he was going to be and more, especially from a leadership perspective. But then again, you got guys like DJ Williams who played a lot last year, who understand it. Not an elite back, in my opinion, but a guy you can count on, especially in pass protection, and I think he'll take another step there. And then you got guys like Harold Joyner. I mean, that's 6'4", 210, 215 pounds. I think he's going to be more of an H-back. But, uh, you know, you look at that H-back position, you got J.J. Pegues, you know, 6'2", 300 pounds, and, and as athletic as anybody out there. So from a, from a uh, youth standpoint, there's going to be a lot of new faces out there. But in certain situations where they have to have pass protection, I think they've got the guys they need. But, man, are they explosive. And I think there's a few names that SEC fans are going, and, and that fans nationwide are going to get to know, especially, you know, in that Chad Morris Gus on run game. Because the biggest thing is, is I don't know if the run game is going to be that much different or really, you know, the, the schemes. Obviously, there will be a few things that are different. What I'm going to be interested to see with Chad Morris, and everything that we've heard, it has been a little uh, bit different. You know, again, I won't believe it until I see it. And, uh, you know, we weren't going to get to see it without Corn State, but now we're going to get to see it with Kentucky. And you hear Auburn's been throwing the ball around. You actually hear Auburn's throwing to the tight end which, you know, people can't believe. And <laughs> if Auburn's able to do that, because if you look at the past, when Auburn's utilized the tight end, whether it's Philip Kirk and C.J. Uzoma, they win a lot of games because it just obviously opens up your offense. So I think you're going to see a different philosophy in the passing game, and I think you're going to see Auburn throw it a little bit more than they have in the past. Auburn is 26-6-1 all-time against Kentucky. They've controlled the series uh, since, I think, what, the late 30s. But, um, you know, right now Kentucky fans are adamant that they are going to be good this year and that uh, with senior Terry Wilson, they've got a chance to compete. Uh, but coming into this game, it's a 10.5-point favorite for Auburn. Uh, how, how does Auburn win this game on Saturday? And then after that, how does Auburn lose the game on Saturday? Yeah, well, you know, how about I, how about I tell you how I think Auburn loses the game first? I think if Auburn, for Auburn to lose the game, they're going to have to, Kentucky's going to have to have a lot of success running the ball. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, stay on schedule as they do offensively. Uh, because, you know, I actually coached against Terry Wilson in junior college for a year when he was at Garden City. And Terry's a really good player, not a very polished passer, in my opinion. I, he's a guy that, you know, relies on his legs to, to, you know, not only, 
you know, get big plays. He'll be able to extend plays, which lets receivers get open. So I think if Kentucky's able to run the ball and stay on schedule and the play-action games there, the quick games there, and they can get Auburn kind of on their heels, I think they can move the ball uh, from an offensive standpoint for Auburn to lose the game. You know, if they the exact opposite, if they can't run the ball. Uh, if Kentucky and, and Coach Dukes does a really good job of trying to make you one-dimensional. And if Auburn's not able to spread Kentucky out, especially that new offensive line, to maybe open up those holes a little bit more, especially for those, those young backs that are so explosive, then I think Auburn's going to have trouble moving the ball. I think they're going to be in third down, and, and that's what haunted them a lot you know, in the past couple of seasons, especially in big games, is, is the thing that haunts any offense, and that's third long. So, again, I, I think it's going to be a battle of who can run the ball and who can stop the run, like most of the time it is. But for Auburn to win the game defensively, I, I think what Kevin Steele's going to do is whenever you get a tight end set, he's going to put seven eight in the box, he's going to play man outside and try and make Terry Wilson beat him in the pocket, either going through progressions or, or having to beat him down the field. Uh, I think that's what you're going to see early. Now, if Kentucky comes out and wants to spread it around, I think that surprised Auburn a little bit. I don't know if that's really in Kentucky's identity. So I think Auburn, if they can make Terry Wilson beat him from the pocket, I think they'll be in a really good spot defensively. I think they'll be able to get a few turnovers, especially with some of the experience they have in the back end. And then from an offensive side of the ball, if Auburn's able to win first down, and, you know, I don't mean get a first down on first down every time. I'm talking about get in second five, get in second four, you know, even second six to where the whole playbook's open on second down instead of it being second and eight. You know, because Auburn's got a bad habit of lining up on first down and just running, you know, zone read, if that's what you want to call it, but, you know, really inside zone. And I think if Auburn's able to be unpredictable on first down and keep Kentucky off their heels, and that'll keep Kentucky from bringing pressures, then I think they'll be in a really good spot offensively. Last question for you is, does Auburn, I know fear would be the wrong word, so let's use the word respect. Does Auburn respect Kentucky this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, again, every everybody says you respect every opponent, but <laughs> if we're realistic with ourselves. You know, again, now, now, you know, four or five years ago, no, no. But, you know, if you look at the way Kentucky's recruited, how they recruited the state of Florida, the way Mark Stoops is kind of, you know, I thought they've done a good job of, again, I don't know if the basketball program and the football program can ever be conjoined because of how much success they've had in basketball, but I think they've kind of embraced that a little bit. You know, I've had kids on my show like Terry on Arnold who, uh, you know, there's a lot of lore at Kentucky saying, hey, you can come here on a football scholarship, we'll let you play basketball too. So I think that's an avenue that they've started to push a little bit, at least I've seen in recruiting. And whenever you have success in recruiting, then obviously you're going to, you know, like you said, not fear, but just respect and knowing, hey, we got to show up. And you look at what Kentucky's done. You look at some of the players. You turn on Sunday now, and you see a lot of Kentucky guys, whether it's Benny Snell, you know, regardless. Kentucky's not somebody you never see. And I think Kentucky has done a good job of getting themselves out of that bottom tier conversation with the Vanderbilts, you know, in the Arkansas right now and putting themselves in a position where you have prognosticators, you know, picking them to do very well, and, and Kentucky's getting a lot of respect. So I don't think they'll be one second of Auburn. And if you think about it, Auburn fans, that Kentucky game in 2010 when Auburn won the national championship with Cam Newton, it was in Lexington, and Auburn had to kick a field goal as time expired to win that game. So, you know, I also want to say this while I'm on here. I think there's a great rivalry brewing between Auburn and Kentucky in different divisions that you've seen in basketball and, and now in football. And I think that's kind of an underrated rivalry because, you know, you look at some of the basketball games too, and, and you know, obviously Auburn's had some success, and Kentucky fans probably don't like Auburn, but it's cool to see that, that rivalry. It's cool to see Calipari.
Perry versus Bruce Pearl. It's cool to see Malzahn versus Stoops. And it just gives the SEC another team in football to say, this is why we're so much better than every other conference out there. And if you're an SEC fan, regardless of it's Alabama, Kentucky, Auburn, Tech playing in, you want the SEC to be at full strength, not only when it comes down to it to make the playoff or to be able to get into that Sugar Bowl, but just to be able to say, hey, like the slogan is, man, it just means more. Great points. I like. I agree with you about the rivalry brewing coming on, and uh, you're right that Bruce Pearl Calipari angle does add to it a lot, even even crossing over into football. Yeah. Did you ever think, let's just say five, six, seven years ago, that we'd ever be saying, "Man, isn't it cool how there's a rivalry brewing between Kentucky basketball and Auburn basketball?" <laughs> right. In the same year, be able to say there's a rivalry brewing between Auburn football and Kentucky basketball. I think it's great for both programs, and I think it's part of Kentucky's rise in football to get where they probably should have been a long time ago. Definitely great. All right, Jake Crane, host and creator of the J-Boy Show. Uh, Tell our listeners, if you would, please, where can we find you online and where can we find your show at? Uh, Definitely. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast. so Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're upgrading our YouTube channel. Uh, we got a newsletter coming out. We do a lot of recruiting. We're 42 for 43 on predictions, and it's everybody. Uh, every school, mainly in the SEC, and have some had the big time guests on. Uh, Peter Burns, SEC Network coming on. Uh, have Woody Page, Tim Brando, Bruce Pearl, a bunch of guys. It's uh, we like to have fun and uh, you know keep it real. And I appreciate you letting me come on. All right, Jake. Thank you very much for being with us. All okay. right, man. We'll stay safe out there. Thank you. You too. All right, we are now joined on the RA Marketing Guest Hotline by Jeff Drummond, the Managing Editor of Cats Illustrated on the Rivals Network, to talk to us about the Kentucky Wildcats. Jeff, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Uh, what can we expect out of Kentucky this weekend? Well, I think you're going to see a, a pretty, pretty excited team to play football. Uh, that's probably the case for most teams across the country who are uh, dealing with COVID and and all that, uh, I'm sure everybody's going to be amped up. But uh, to be able to start your season off uh, with a league game against a team like Auburn, uh, with that kind of tradition and coming into this season with the number eight ranking and uh, all of that, Kentucky, just, I think they view this as a big-time opportunity to make a statement uh, in week one about what kind of team they have. Definitely. Then that statement has to start at quarterback. Bo Nix is one of the the best in the conference at the very least, maybe one of the best in the country. Uh, what does Terry Wilson bring to the Kentucky team this year that, uh, and specifically in this game, that can be a difference maker? Well, a healthy Terry Wilson, and that's what they, they tell us he is, that he has returned to the, the status physically uh, prior to his injury in the second game last season. Uh, they showed a lot of promise. Uh, that, that gives Kentucky a lot of options with their offense, and that's mainly because Kentucky's got one of the best offensive lines in the country. They feel like they're the best in the entire nation. Uh, a lot of people have them up there in the top four or five, kind of right next to, to Alabama, maybe Tennessee in the conference. Uh, but it all starts up front for them, and if they've got a dual-threat quarterback like Terry Wilson, uh, healthy and playing to his abilities, it, it really keeps the defense – uh, from loading up and, and trying to stop a, a one-dimensional attack. How much running do you think Terry Wilson's going to do uh, this year? That's a great question. I, I'm real interested to see how he reacts when he gets hit for the first time. Uh, the quarterback run game is a big part of Kentucky's offensive package. They will run with him. Uh, but I think it's 
going to be kind of a wait-and-see type situation because they've got a really talented backfield. There's no real reason to put that extra stress on Terry if, if you don't have to, but it's such a weapon, uh, too, because you can, you can put the defense in some real uncomfortable positions when you spread them out and have an athlete caliber Terry Wilson running the ball. Definitely. What's the biggest question mark for Kentucky versus Auburn on Saturday? Wide receiver play. Will, will those guys be able to get open against a pretty good Auburn secondary, a pretty aggressive Auburn defense? I think they'd like to come up and press you at the line of scrimmage. It'll be interesting to see if they can get separation and, and give Terry Wilson some, some good targets to throw to. Uh, that's the one area I think in this game, when I look at it on paper, Surprisingly, uh, given given the point spread and kind of the, the reputation, I think that most people have Auburn. I think that's the one area that they have a clear advantage uh, over Kentucky uh, going into this one. Most of the other spots on the field, when you match up offensive line versus defensive line, you know, and vice versa, Kentucky's got a pretty good edge. And yeah, the wide receivers for Kentucky haven't played in at least a full season, so, so they they didn't get much they didn't get much activity last year. We feel like they've got some guys over there, uh, and we've seen Josh Alvey make some big plays at, at the end of the Belt Bowl last year. He made two huge plays to help them win that game against uh, Virginia Tech. But you know, if you just have one guy, that's easy to scheme against. We got to find out if Kentucky's got a second, a third guy. And maybe some of that help will have to come from the tight end group, which is really good too, but have never had a chance to to, to show it much. They've got a guy over there, Keaton Upshaw, who is just we, – we all look at and say, this guy looks like an NFL player getting off the bus. It's just a matter of time uh, before he's a big impact guy for Kentucky offense. And now that Terry Wilson's back, I'll think maybe it's this year. Were there any surprises? The depth chart came out this week, at least the first depth chart. Any surprises on that release for Kentucky? Uh, no, I, I don't think there were any huge ones uh, that, that caught us off guard. I, I would point to the fact, though, that um, at the quarterback spot, they had two really good ones last year. Kentucky finished second in the country, only behind Ohio State in past defense uh, last season. And that was due in large part to the play of Brandon Eccles and Cedric Dort. Well, those guys are bracketed kind of at one corner spot. And at the other one is Kelvin Joseph, who was a five-star recruit at LSU, decided to transfer to Kentucky. And uh, he's really been the talk of the camp. We we didn't get to see any of those practices this summer because of the, the pandemic. But they have just raved about his ability. And I, I think that's going to be a guy to really watch on Saturday because Auburn has some big play guys at wide receivers, some, some big time talent, and Kelvin Joseph's likely going to draw those guys in some good one on one matchups. So the all time series is Auburn twenty six six and one. So uh, Kentucky has lost nine of the last ten against Auburn. How does Kentucky win this game, and how does Kentucky lose this game? I think the blueprint is, is what we've seen from Kentucky in recent years, and, and that's control the ball offensively, run the ball, lean on that offensive line, uh, you know, rush for a couple hundred yards if you can, take advantage of the red zone. you got to cash in. That's been the one knock when you, when you ask, you know, how did they lose it? Uh, we've heard repeatedly from the coaches during this camp that they haven't been consistent 
and finishing drives. And maybe that's because their defense is just doing a great job. But if that shows up on Saturday and, you know, they get no points or settle for field goals, uh, that's one way that you could get beat. But I I think the formula is is kind of stoops football, run the ball, lean on your defense, make the opponent string together a bunch of plays for long drives if they're going to score. Don't give up anything, you know, over the top, quick scores. And if they can do that, the game will probably be played in the low 20s and Kentucky will have a shot. Last thing for you, Jeff. We uh, I was talking with Jake Crane from uh, the J-Boy Show. He was our Auburn coverage guy. And he brought up the fact that he feels like Auburn and Kentucky is turning into quite the rivalry, kind of stemming from basketball but bleeding into football. He thinks this could be a, a really fun rivalry that could grow over the next few years. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think that that basketball maybe hatred of Bruce Pearl can kind of bleed into the football? <laughs> Yeah, kind of a love-hate deal. I think Kentucky fans kind of like having a villain like Bruce Pearl, and, and he's been good for the league and good for the Kentucky-Auburn uh, rivalry, so that could, could spice things up. And this is kind of role reversal in, in many ways because you know Bruce Pearl has relished that opportunity to, to be the spoiler for Kentucky basketball. And Mark Stoops kind of has that chance now yeah. on, on the football side of things. And I don't think people... I, I sense there's a lot of respect coming out of the Auburn camp this week, but I don't think people nationally and maybe regionally understand how good a game this could be. Kentucky will be deeply disappointed if they go down and lose this game. They feel like they're the better team. And uh, it's just a matter of, you know, can they put the plays together and, and do it? Uh, it's, a, it's a new kickoff, but can they do it under the lights? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, Kentucky, I think, what, they're 5-2, and two, I think, under Stoops and season openers, but most of the times those openers aren't against SEC opponents. And um, it and is... They've been ugly. Yeah. <laughs> been, that, that's another area of concern. I, I kind of skipped over that. I, I meant to mention that. But Kentucky has had to sweat out almost every opener they've played under Stoops with maybe one exception. And, and that's against, like, back teams and and a couple of FCS-type opponents. So they are typically slow out of the gate. And that's one area that if, if you're going to be on the Kentucky side of things, you're a little nervous about, you know, <laughs> that point spread and everything, that that could be an area that's very valid in Auburn's favor. Definitely, yeah. And that point spread, it has ranged from, I think it's at 7.5 at the at this recording, but has been as high as 10.5 as well. So, It'll be interesting to see how they come through. Uh, Jeff Drummond, again, he's with uh, Cats Illustrated on the Rivals Network. Uh, if people want to read, you got some great stuff out. If they want to read your stuff, where can they find it at? We're on the uh, Rivals Network. And uh, if you go to Kentucky.Rivals.com, you can find it all there. Our staff is really in overdrive now that we've got uh, football back. And, and there's a ton of material there if you're interested in following the Kentucky program. Very good. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us and sharing some thoughts on the Kentucky side of things for this Saturday's game. It's great to have SEC football back. Uh, I wasn't sure it was going to happen. I'm <laughs> glad that it's finally here. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's great to be playing at all. Uh, Winter win moves. Just hoping to see a really good game Saturday. All right, so we've heard the Auburn side of things. We've heard the Kentucky side of things. Now it's time to go to the most unbiased man in sports talk, 
Joining us on the RA Marketing Hotline is the host of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor. It's Brad Taylor. Hey, Brad, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Vince. I appreciate you having me on your show. Yes, so tell us, uh, give us the unbiased viewpoint of what's going to happen Saturday between Kentucky and Auburn because the Kentucky people are all picking Kentucky. The Auburn people, of course, are all picking Auburn. Most of the national people are picking Auburn to win, Kentucky to cover. Uh, what do you got going for this Saturday? Well, I did see that the, uh, the great Phil Steele likes Kentucky plus the points, but I will mention this. As great as his preseason publication is, during in the season picks are lousy. You can go back and look at uh, that history there. And that's not a cheap shot at Bill Steele, but because his magazine is awesome. But his picks during the season, uh, not so good. Our friends out in the desert uh, have got this line at seven and a half now. It's been here for a while. It started out uh, back in the summertime when we still thought we were going to have football. Auburn was about a double-digit favorite to start out, but the money has kept coming in on Kentucky. Level off at seven and a half this week. Every when you're trying to handicap this game, when you look at things like uh, coaching and, and quarterbacking, uh, recruiting, and uh, things of that nature, it, everything points to Auburn. If you're looking for a straight up winner, I've got the better quarterback in Auburn. I've got the better historical coach in Auburn. I've got the better recruiting classes at Auburn. I've got the better home. I've got the home field advantage at Auburn. It's tough to look at this just from a Team A and Team B aspect and say that Kentucky has a good shot to go down to Auburn and win because all the tendencies and all the numbers say they don't. I asked Jeff Drummond this earlier, but uh, Mark Stoops 5-2 and two in first games of the season. But as I said, well, he's not usually playing SEC. And as Jeff Drummond pointed out, uh, even in those games where he's not playing great teams, he's really struggled to win to get that 5-2 and two record is that 5-2 and two record uh, for Mark Stoops' opening game of the season, is that anything worth paying attention to? Not this year. Absolutely not. I mean, like like you guys talked about, they're all, all, they're all cupcakes. The Western Kentucky, usually a back team in there, like Toledo last year. That's not something that I'm looking at, especially this year. But, I mean, it is an SEC game to open the season, and that's what every team in the conference is facing, an SEC team to open the season. This is just, for me, a middle-of-the-season, you know, Kentucky traveling to Auburn game with the first game not having any relevance whatsoever. All right, so seven-and-a-half-point favorites for Auburn. Uh, you said straight-up Auburn. Uh, do you think Kentucky makes it close enough to cover? I do not. I think Auburn is the decidedly better team in this. I said on my show last week, I said 34-17. I wouldn't be shocked to see Auburn in the low 30s, Kentucky – anywhere from the mid-team to maybe 20 at most. But Auburn is the decidedly better team here. Uh, if I'm looking to go anywhere from a gambling perspective, I think it might be under the total. That's a good shot to go under the total right now. You're looking at a total 50 or less. As I said, we could win over it on my show. Name drop again. Uh, there's a history with both coaches here, Malthon and Stoops. They both play conference games under the total out of the desert. So it's usually more defensively oriented than you have uh, for usual uh, games that they play. So those, that's what I'm looking at, maybe a first half under, going under the total. But Auburn wins this game, and in my opinion, they win it quite decisively. 
All right. Thank you very much, uh, Brad. Thanks for joining us. We'll hear back from you again, hopefully next week on week number two. But hey, we're heck. We got SEC football, and uh, we all have to rejoice about that. Amen. Yes, SEC football is finally back. Let's just hope that every team plays every game this year. All right. Thanks, Brad. All right, buddy. It's winter time. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. There you have it, friends. Everything that you need to know for this Saturday's game, Kentucky versus Auburn. Great guest today. A special thank you again to Jake Crane from The J-Boys Show and Jeff Drummond from Rivals.com and Cats Illustrated. Then also Brad Taylor from The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor. SEC football is finally here. I hope you enjoy the weekend. Special thank you to our sponsors, RA Marketing. For all financial advisors looking for leads and looking for different ways to market their business, you need to reach out to RA Marketing. You can find more information at goradigital.com. And our local sponsor, IPM Pest and Termite. If you live in central Kentucky and are having unwanted pests in your house, whether it be ants, spiders, uh, centipedes, or maybe you have bigger issues like termites, IPM Pest and Termite is a trusted, locally owned business that can help you every single time. Find more information at myipm.com. Thank you for listening to today's Sports Stove podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Sports Stove. And until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. Why is the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed your answer to better health and wellness? It's proven quality sleep. Any more questions? Yes, I'm always freezing, and he overheats. It's temperature balancing, so you can sleep better together. But can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. So I'll have more energy for yoga. Yes, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Namaste. Namaste to you, too. And now save up to $1,000 on the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed and adjustable base, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.